broadcasting live worldwide. Click, listen, enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to TCN, Talk Line Communications Network Radio, America's number one Jewish program. Welcome back to the program. Mom Zev Brenner, very pleased to have with us. Uh, she is an American star, an actress, a comedian, a writer, producer. Yes, she ran for president of the United States as well. I'm referring to the one and only Roseanne Barr, who has had a hit television series. And when she ran for president, was on a left-wing party, the Peace and Freedom Party. She moved to the right, got herself in trouble on in in ABC in the 2018, where she's now... In private, she's actually farming in Hawaii, and uh, she grew up, well, being Jewish three days a week, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the rest of the week she was yeah. Mormon, right? Right, Roseanne? Or should I say Shana Rifko? Welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. So let me begin. You were born in Salt Lake City, Utah. So were you? did you know you were Jewish when you were growing up? Oh, yes, of course. I come from I come from an Orthodox family, and but you were you had an Orthodox Jewish maternal grandmother, correct? And your yes. reason, your name was Borowski. Well, my my maternal grandmother. Uh, let me let me take this. Let me move this. My maternal side uh, was uh, named Davis from Delvedovit. <laughs> okay. And uh and my paternal side was Bar from Borisovsky. But you even though you grew up Jewish but you hid that from your neighbors, correct? Yes, my mother my family was very paranoid, so we were one of very few Jewish people there. And uh so we lived in a Mormon neighborhood, and we tried to fit in with our neighbors. So did you get a Jewish education? So how did you... Oh, yeah. When we went to my grandmother's house, uh, we were very Jewish. But when we were at school, you know, we went with our friends to their church. Because you're right that I think Friday, Saturday, and Sunday you were Jews. Sunday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon you were more you were uh, Mormons. Right. But uh, so, but Judaism had a tremendous impact because when I told people that Roseanne Barr is coming on the show and she's Jewish, people said she's Jewish. I said not only she's I don't Jewish. Nobody ever thinks I'm Jewish. <laughs> you're strongly committed to Judaism and also a very strong supporter of the state of Israel. Very, yes. So tell us over the course of time I, I remember watching you over the over the years and I knew that you always wanted to have more of a Jewish content because here's the interesting part Jews invented Hollywood. Jews were so involved in television, and yet there's so little of Judaism and Jewish values as far as Jewish programs on TV itself. I think you were wanted at one point to correct that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I always, I always thought that was kind of weird, but uh, it, Hollywood is a really weird place, you know, and uh, the Jews in Hollywood are kind of weird. 
they're weird with their Judaism, too. Well, they're afraid also to express support of Israel. Rabbi Avi Schwartz, I thank him for making the introduction for us. I know that he wrote an article in Jerusalem Post thanking you because you were not afraid to speak out against BDS and for Israel, which a lot of Hollywood Jewish stars don't do. Yeah, I've always been I've always been that that sort of a person, and uh, you know, since my childhood and. Uh, I guess I was about 12 years old when I told my mother that I was no longer going to go to the Mormon church and I was going to, you know, be Jewish all the time. We were we were taught to... Uh, I'm hearing a lot of feedback. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm lowering that right now. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. We, we were told that when we went to our Bubby's house, we couldn't tell her that we went to the Mormon church. You know, we had to tell our Bubby that, you know, we, we could never tell her that because she would have had a heart attack. And so we were living a double life. It was weird. But uh, so I told my mother when I was 12 that I was not going to live the double life anymore. And, uh, you know, um and what did your mother say? How did your parents react to that? Well, my dad was, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, my dad was never uh, really a religious Jew. He was more like a, you know, just a kind of a uh, secular Jewish person. But, uh, uh, so he, he didn't care what we did, but my mother was uh, kind of very, paranoid to be Jewish and, uh, you know, because she had witnessed so many terrible things uh, during the Holocaust and after. So she just wanted to fit in and uh, she she was afraid, but I think that, uh, you know, that gave her a lot of strength and um, she became less afraid too. Is less afraid to be outwardly Jewish at some point because you yeah. you you led the way. Yeah, I I just said you know I'm done with it. Did you ever have any situations in Hollywood where being Jewish were was a barrier to you, or did you find anti-Semitism? Did you find discrimination? Yes, it was always very much a barrier in Hollywood, which you wouldn't think it would be, but. Uh, the Jews there, they're, you know, like I always had a joke, the Jews there are all Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're afraid to be Jewish. Because I'm trying to think of some, there are some that have stood out, but there have been so far and few in between that have been really strongly identified with Israel and not afraid to really speak out. Um, uh, and, and most of them are very, very liberal. I mean, I spoke to Ed Asner not too long ago, who grew up Orthodox, but today he's very left-wing and has very little connection to Judaism. Yeah, they're mostly like that. They're kind of, I call them culinary Jews. They just think eating a bagel is the height of Judaism, that that's it. And, uh, you know, uh, so they they kind of think that Jews who are practicing Judaism are kind of ne- Neanderthals, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it was always difficult because they are, they think we're, we are kind of, um, 
backward, you know. They think Jews are backward in Hollywood? Yeah, they think if you're uh, practice, if you practice it, if you keep Shabbat, that you're kind of, kind of uh, weirdo and backward. Well, well, I know it's it's very hard to keep Shabbat and keep Jewish holidays if you're if you're in acting, if you're in Hollywood, if you really want to get someplace, it's really hard to really to keep the holidays. Yeah, like, uh, and it's it's so funny because. You know, everybody has a Jewish background that they, um, I guess, are ashamed of or think little of. And uh, when I went back to work, the, I hadn't worked for about 20 years. And, of course, they begged me to come back. And the first thing I told them is I don't want to work on Shabbat. Uh, guarantee me that I don't work on Shabbat. Oh, they guaranteed me, and then when I signed the contract right away, the first thing, and I knew it was going to happen, too. Oh, we have to work on Shabbat, the first thing. So that was my first bad omen. And I I said, you know, they said, uh, you know, everybody is used to working on uh, filming on Friday night. And uh, so, you know, I knew that was a bad sign right away. So... I said, uh, well, I guess I have to do it, um, but I, I want to light my candles and I want to have, you know, I want to have my candle lighting and stuff before we uh, would start then. And uh, so they would make it as, and these are all Jewish people, you know, of course, they would make it as uncomfortable for me as they possibly could, like, you know, they they would count down and stand outside my door for sundown and, you know, tapping their fingers, talking real loud, you know, like I was putting them out because I would be waiting for sundown to light the candles and, you know, just treating me with a lot of contempt. And they were Jewish, you know. Uh, the only people who had any respect for me were non, non-Jewish people on my crew. <laughs> That's how it is. Wow. Did you ever confront them and ask them why? Yeah, and it was always like, oh, that stuff is crazy. You know, that, 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 that belongs in the last century. You know, that kind of thing. They, they, they find it um, just uh, uncouth. Now, what year are we talking about that this happened where they gave you a hard time and wouldn't let you take off on, on Shabbos? Well, that was, you know, the the reboot just, you know, a few years ago. So even though, even, though, even though you were a big star, your reboot was in 2018. Is that the one you were talking about? Yeah. So even though you were a big star, they gave you a hard time with keeping Shabbos. Yeah, and they would uh, load in the audience just right, you know, like they would load in the audience just before sundown and, you know, everything they could do to, you know, show me that they held my beliefs in contempt, you know, because they're so liberal. Now, you were liberal yourself at one point. You ran for president in 2012 as part of the left-wing Peace and Freedom Party. You got about 70,000 right. votes. I was raised, uh, my family, I was raised like many Jews in America, uh, very left liberal uh socialist um you know 
like a lot of Jews. My family is very pro-union and all of that stuff, and very socialist or left, left liberal. And so I grew up that way, and, you know, I never questioned it. I thought it was the way to go. And, uh, you know, my grandparents had been that way, and that was just the way it was. And uh, I thought that way, and then I... Uh, and, of course, there were many things that I still think are are good about it. You know, I, I don't condemn everything about it, but I ran for president on, on a socialist platform. And, uh, and then I saw the full extent of the anti-Semitism in the left, and that's what made me walk away. And is that what shifted you to the right? Because you be, you went from being on the left on the socialist end to be more on the right end. Would you say that it was the anti-Semitism? I don't look at myself as being on the right. I look at myself as being firmly in the middle. Um, yeah, I, I, I eschew both um, extremes. But uh, I like the middle a lot. It's very wide. And I like a, I like a very wide middle because I think that that's what America is about is a very wide middle that uh, you know at Main Street right down the middle. But uh, you know I was uh, a, a bit extreme uh, towards the left. But um, when I was campaigning, I would uh, say go to Florida, and uh, all the all the questions they would ask me would be uh, about the Israel quote-unquote, the Israeli, the Zionist occupation of Palestine. And I'd say, well, let's talk about the uh, uh, stand-your-ground gun laws right here in Florida. Oh, they didn't want to even talk about that. They just wanted to talk about the Zionist occupation in Palestine. I go, are you aware of that you don't live in the Middle East? You live in Florida, but the brain, the brainwashing was just, just so complete that they actually, and they were so imperialist that they actually thought they had the right to uh, use Israel as their uh, moral hostage, and I found it repugnant, and uh, it turned me around, definitely, because I saw the anti-Semitism underneath all of that fake um moral um you know uh, under all of that fake morality was a, a terrible streak of anti-semitism and so i had to get out of there and i did now and then i hmm? immediately wanted to uh speak to jews on the left about anti-semitism and uh i i you know uh scheduled all of these speeches to bring up what I had found in my campaign and found myself completely deplatformed in um, Marin County and all the leftist strongholds where Jews live in California, uh, deplatformed by, you know, the Jewish left in those places, uh, just to speak to Jews about anti-Semitism within the left. They don't, they don't want to hear it. And uh, so I, I became very um, alarmed and, uh, you know, continue to be. Now, because... And that's when I 
decided that I would go back on television and and try to confront it there, try to make the middle more visible. And that was your ABC show in 2018, which you revived. Right. Now, I think Donald Trump wished you well, and according to Kelly Well of the Daily Beast, that you became more ripe because you supported Donald Trump. Now, your show was a big rating success. When you made that joke that what people said was racist, would you say that some of it had to do with the reaction because you were a supporter of Donald Trump? That, do you think it had anything to do with the reaction and why you were ultimately let go? Oh, yeah, it had everything to do with it. And uh, it also was a, a, a comment taken out of context during a three-month-long uh, Twitter conversation with journalists in Iran having to do with the government in Iran and what the Iran deal had caused to the people of Iran. It was a three-month-long conversation, and um, so they, they took it completely out of content out of context and content and uh you know but they were uh kind of uh spying on me the whole time because i did support the president and of course i supported the president because he was so pro-israel you know and uh but that that marked me as a target and i i was uh very concerned about that too the whole time because that whole tweet they they made a whole big thing about the tweet what but on what i found most intriguing is you were a big money maker you were the show was very successful they were willing to give it up which i thought was very unusual for listen you can say people didn't like the joke it was a bad joke it was a tweet but you're certainly i don't believe you're racist and i saw some of the things including what rabbi avi schwartz wrote in the jerusalem post about how you're not uh, you don't consider yourself a you're not a racist but yet they try to portray you and once that happens they just show you the door yeah they they think everyone who votes for trump or likes trump or or i believe anyone who uh believes jews have a right the state of Israel, they think that's racism too. So, you know, I was suspect from from the beginning. And, uh, yeah, they I think they targeted me from the very beginning. And they, they watched everything I said. And they asked me to be very careful about the things I tweeted. And I said, I'm always going to defend the Jewish people. So know that. And I told them that before I signed. I said, I'm always going to defend Israel and, you know, my tribe. And if you don't like that, then don't sign me. And they said, oh, no, that that we understand that. Of course, they were all Jewish, too. But uh, particularly Bob Iger of ABC, he said, oh, no, we understand that. We can't. And then they just began to, you know, when I, I would say things about, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that I, I found repugnant and anti-Semitic, they would call me and say, um, take that down. And I, so I would capitulate constantly and, and take that down. But, you know, it, it, uh, you know, right away I was like, I don't know why I even signed up for this show because, you know, what, at the same time there were people who worked for ABC tweeting, uh, 
things about pedophilia, and they weren't asking them to be careful or take them down. And my son, Jake, he's compiled those tweets, and uh, they had no problem with any of that. So it was, you know, um, they really... They really have a problem with Israel. Now, did you ever consider doing something on your own, not beholden to a network and doing a TV show or a movie where you're in full control? Yeah, I had the choice to do that with the reboot. And, uh, you know, I, I, of course, wanted to be beyond network um, control. I wanted to have autonomy and my own voice i felt i had earned it after all those years and uh but uh you know they begged me and they came to me and offered me everything that i asked for and said oh abc really wants you and we feel this is blah 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 and uh so i stupidly believed them and uh and then it was just hell on earth from there it was really literally hell on earth and um, they, you know, now looking back, it's like, uh, oh, my God, I just walked in, like Daniel, I walked into the lion's den. Did you think they were going to fire you over the, when the whole tweet controversy about a remark that you made? Did you think that they were actually going to fire you? Uh, as it was. As it was building, another another couple tweets that I put out that they freaked out over, uh, one specifically being this young man, um, Daniel Hogg, who was uh, raising his arm in a Hitler-like salute with an armband. I, I, I said, this is appalling. And they, they said, this, you have to understand this guy is a hero and you're attacking a young child who's you know, blah, blah, blah. He picked that down. He's a hero. He was uh, shot at or something in that school shooting. I said, the guy is raising his arm in a Hitler-like salute. Uh, and that is appalling. And he has an armband on. And they said, well, you don't understand, Roseanne. We, we need you to take that down. And, and, and it was all things like that. Of course, now everybody can see what what the left is up to and what what they do and you know what they support but at that time you know nobody i don't think was all that uh, uh aware of what the democrats were really did anybody supporting. come did anybody come to your defense did you hear from the president did you hear from donald trump after the whole whole thing on abc with your show and the tweet and they're letting you go i did hear yes i did i heard Yes, I heard from from the president and from people around the president, you know, saying, you know, this is a terrible thing because my show was, uh, you know, we had done a show about uh, Islamophobia, several shows about racism. Uh, you know, we had a family who was divided in their politics and, and of you know, we had a mixed race family and uh, we were doing these things about people. We were doing I was doing subjects about uh, a family who loved each other despite all of their differences and how we could come together. And, you know, and I know the New York Times had done a uh, 
piece on how um, this was Roseanne's America, not Trump's America. And I felt like I was bringing a message of uh, unity and, uh, and uh, you know, love. And uh, I didn't understand then that that was something that they also did not like. They didn't like that I, quote, unquote, white. I never have considered myself white. I only consider myself as a Jew. But they thought of me as white, I guess. But uh, they didn't like that a, quote, unquote, white woman was discussing race. And that never occurred to me that, that they found that uh bad and uh that that was that was something taboo that white people aren't supposed to talk about race and all the things that have happened since were kind of shocking for me to put together because your show i but, think uh, was 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 more pro-trumpish which is more in league with i think more with middle america than with the elites. So in a way, it's a little surprising that they allowed it to be on because you represented a different point of view, um, which represented more of middle America. Do you think that Donald Trump has deep support? Do you think he's going to win the election coming up? Well, my show was always a working-class show, and then the fact was that it was the working-class America that elected Donald Trump. So I felt that, you know, we, could, we couldn't have a working-class show that didn't show that. Because that was the reality. So, uh, you know, I I didn't want to be the Trump supporter because in real life I was the Trump supporter. So I felt like, well, somebody else should be the Trump supporter on the show. But, in fact, none of the other actors would do it. <laughs> they wouldn't do it? Even in they, acting, they wouldn't no. act as a Trump supporter? No. No. So, you know, I said, well, I guess I'll, I'll have to do it then. Um but, you know, somebody in the family had to be a Trump supporter because, in fact, as I said, it was the working class that voted Trump in. So I said, OK, well, then it'll be me. Uh, you know, I never I never uh, thought anyone should put their actual politics on their show. You know, I, I didn't think you should do that. But anyway, that's what ended up happening. But the show was very popular, so it did reflect America, at least a lot of Americans. With that, what? Yeah, it showed a family that was, you know, divided. Some were Hillary haters, and some were Trump haters, but they still loved each other. Unfortunately, we don't find the same thing happening in real life. At least today, we're so so partisan. Well, it's... we do, we do. I think most American families, they, uh, I think it. it it's a sliding scale. Some have solved it by saying, okay, we just won't discuss this. And some fight. But, uh, you know, every family is uh, divided over their politics. And some don't even speak to each other anymore. Now, but th- we've got to find, we've got to find a- another way or uh, we're all going to lose. Now... You once ran for president. Did you ever consider running again for president? Uh, boy, once you run and see what's involved, you never want to do it again. It's really, uh, I don't know, that. I guess the word is uh, crooked. It's just ridiculous. You know, it takes a billion dollars just to lose an election. 
And wow. I think that that's bad for our country because I don't think you can talk about freedom when you're talking about you need a billion bucks just to lose. No wonder you can't get anybody decent in there. Aside from Trump, I really think Trump is a great president. But do you think it can win again because you have Joe Biden, who seems to be ahead in the polls, and you have the media? Well, so they said Hillary was ahead, too. Remember, they said there was a 90% chance that she'd win. But Corona is this time around. Corona could be a game changer. Well, I think people are pretty well aware of uh, the whole Corona thing. I mean, when they when they're telling you that you have to this corona, they're telling us that this coronavirus is very very smart. It knows to get people in church and synagogue. It can get you there, but it it isn't. It knows enough not to infect anybody when they're rioting and demonstrating in the streets. It doesn't get them. <laughs> it's a very smart virus. Very and sm- uh, you know. So I think people are seeing through a lot of the propaganda, and they're they're also seeing through um, the the whole uh, shutdown of uh, free speech around you know medicine and what this authoritarian Democrat institution is doing to divide our country. It's not good, and I think I think people who uh, who likes freedom and freedom of speech are going to have to hold their nose and vote for Trump. I, I really do. We're speaking with the only one and only Roseanne Barr. Actually, her real name is Shana Rifka. Does anybody call you Shana Rifka? In my family, yeah. I've always, I've always been called my Hebrew name in my family. So Shana Rifka, Roseanne Barr, is our guest for a little while longer. When we come back, we continue our conversation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a fan of Talk Line with Zeb Brenner on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and YouTube. On Twitter at TalkLine Network. If you have an Android phone, please download our free app in the Google Store. For iPhones, download the Jewish Radio app. Of course, tune in 24 hours a day at TalkLineCommunications.com for non-stop Jewish broadcasting. Thank you for tuning in to TCN, TalkLine Communications Network Radio, America's number one Jewish program. Okay, and we're back. Rifka Shana, Roseanne Barr, is our guest, and we're looking at her career and looking at what happened to her. She's not afraid to speak about for Israel and for Judaism. Any, I know I asked you a little bit earlier, Roseanne, any plans in the immediate future to make Aliyah to Israel? Well, not now. But, uh, you know, it's always there. I always consider it. I always... Uh, I always visit. I love it there so much. Um, but it's always in my head. Yeah. How often do you go to Israel? I go every few years. Terrific. We have some people waiting to speak with you. Uh, Rivka Shana, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear okay, you. Okay, here we go. I think we have Stanley in Forest Hills, Queens. Stanley in Forest Hills, your question for Rivka Shana for Roseanne Barr. <laughs> 
first of all, uh, I'd like to, I got two or three things. Uh, what do you, you're a farmer, what do you grow in Hawaii, by the way? Well, I, I grow macadamia nuts, that's oh. primarily, I've got a lot of trees, but pineapples and some citrus and that kind of thing. Oh, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy it? I do. I enjoy digging in the dirt and growing <laughs> things. I really, really do. I love it. Okay. Now, uh, uh, as far as what ABC did to you, I think they were absolutely correct in what they did. Uh, your fellow cast members obviously didn't join you or didn't agree with what you said at that time. So uh, that's past its prologue. Tell me, if, if you had a young little child today, and because of the corona, you'd have to send them to school. Would you send them to school without a mask? Uh, no. Do you believe in a mask? Oh, yeah. I think we should be as careful as we possibly can be. Okay. So, uh, you believe, do you believe that you, this, uh, are you trying, are you trying to, are you trying to, Stanley, are you trying to unmask her? Is that what you're trying <laughs> no, to no, do? No, no, no. I was, no, uh, I'm just, you know, she, uh, I, I figure she, she, so I don't think she supports everything Donald Trump says. Well, Donald but Trump wears a mask say, now. Uh, uh, he, that she, you know, do you believe? Do you believe this uh, uh, COVID virus is a conspiracy? Uh, no, I think it's real. Okay. And one more, qu- one more question, Stanley. Sure. Okay. Okay. What about what about the virus that you don't agree with? I don't think you can agree or disagree with a virus. I think your question is absurd. And I'm very offended that you agree with the anti-Semitism of ABC. And I'd like to move on. Thank you. Anyway, thank you for your phone call. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, listen. It's, uh, uh, you know, we live in a politically correct world. And, you've listen, we lost our sense of humor. And sometimes people make jokes. And it could be sometimes that it's in bad taste. Well, but you know, I'd like to just. I'd like to say what the tweet was about sure, for go ahead. idiots like him, because he's an idiot, a complete idiot, and he has no idea what he's talking about, which is so offensive. And uh, people like him are just appalling to me. And the tweet was actually about, uh, you know, the, a movie that is about the oppression of human beings by an elite class, uh, you know, if, you, if you've ever seen that movie an elite class of people who uh, oppress human beings and keep them from even reading and writing. And that is what the Iran deal has done to the people of Iran. And that is what the tweet was about. So, you know, uh, I guess he agrees that that is a good thing that, uh, that that's a good thing that visited the Iranian people. And he is an abhorrent idiot. So I hope your next person who asked me a question will have half a brain in their head. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to some more calls. So, but the fact is, though, that you yourself, I think, said that you that you, if you had to do it over again, you would probably use a different language, I would assume. Or would you use the same language that you used in your tweet? Um, well, like I said, it was a three-month-long conversation, so, you know, any idiot can kick through a three-month-long conversation and find something to be appalled at, particularly if they think that you can disagree or agree with a virus. If they're of that mindset, they're beyond hope, I think. Do you miss 
show business at all? Because right now you're farming in Hawaii. Do you miss it? No, I don't miss people like that caller, and it, that's what Hollywood's full of. So, no, I don't miss that. And any plans to write a book or make a movie or do anything showbiz related? No, I don't enjoy being around people like that. Um, people are talking to me, and I may do something, but we'll see. But you're speaking. I kind of enjoy. I kind of enjoy my solitude and my old age right now. Are you still in touch with any of your Hollywood friends or producers or directors or? No, I prefer actual people who have souls. Okay, now I, I assume is do you find that is there any religion in Hollywood? Do you find that because you know you're Jewish, you found any devout Christians or other devout Jews? Did you find anybody else who's on a more spiritual level in showbiz? There are a lot of Satanists, but I don't find them amusing. I'm sorry, Dan. What you said? There were a lot of what? Satanists. Okay. In in Hollywood, then so because yeah, but they're they're not fun, they're not that amusing. So, what would you say? Now, you mentioned earlier that you came across an anti-Semitism and is tolerated in America. Unfortunately, uh, we find that anti-Semitism is tolerated to a large degree. You have Louis Farrakhan and people who support him that are still honored and. And you have, you know, some important personalities that hobnob with Louis Farrakhan and his associates, and they get away with it. And yet, you know, you find that uh, there is a political orthodoxy that's taken hold. Do you think we're going to change? Because it seems like the country is veering more left, more democratic, more progressive than it has been for quite a while. Well, I think you find that on both coasts, but I think that in the in the vast middle, people... People are not um, thinking that way. People are, are are thinking more about solutions that actually work for people rather than I- ideologies that don't work. You know what I mean? Okay. Here's an email question from Sarah in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Are you a supporter of Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu? Um, I'm not sure about that. I, I'm not completely sure about that I, I don't I think that he uh, doesn't have a lot of support among the people of Israel they don't seem to be very supportive of him so I don't know I mean it's a very deep question he's he's done things that don't seem uh, very pro-israel to me and to a lot of people what did you like that what did you like what did you like that he did? I don't like that he makes settlers, you know, as they call them. He he keeps making them move and give back land, and I don't like that. I don't know why he does that. There's some talk about annexation right now, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. The prime minister was talking about it, and I think he said it's up to the White House, it's up to President Trump. I think President Trump has his hands full right now with other issues, so I'm not sure if they are going to do annex parts of Judea and Samaria, parts of the West Bank, into Israel itself, even though that was his campaign promise. I don't think it's going to happen. I know. It doesn't seem like he follows through on things that should be done. He always, it seems like he looks to foreign governments for uh, what he himself should be doing. 
Certainly, we live in such a crazy world with Iran on the east. And, and I know we spoke about before about Iran. Iran is certainly working with China and North Korea. There's an axis of evil that's that exists today that are working together. And um, it, it's much harder to get to focus on it than I live in New York City. Did you, you ever live in New York? No. Well, I did for three months once when I made a movie there. And I very much enjoyed it. But uh, Bibi, he he aligns with China a lot, too. Have you noticed that? Well, in Israel, they were going to do a port, and I believe, in Haifa, which the United States government didn't like. So I believe that project was shelved. And the whole China thing where they're pumping money around the world to build goodwill for them, I think there's going to be a backlash now because of COVID and because of their tactics in Hong Kong. I think that may have right. an impact uh, worldwide. Even the Democrats, even uh, Chuck Schumer, has come out uh, very anti, um, uh, very anti-China, and some of the things that they're doing, supportive of what the president has done regarding China. Right. Yeah, I think China is a, a is, you know, I think their government is is very frightening and threatening, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the next few months there. I think something's coming to a head there. Here's another question, uh, Rachel from Manhattan. If Joe Biden wins the presidency, what do you see as the future of this country? Um, I think that uh, I think that that would be not a good thing. And I think that uh, that would mean more of uh, what happened under Obama which is a lot of unemployment, a lot of division, a lot of, uh, you know, selling out to China and uh, Iran and uh, a, probably a war or two and, uh, and just not good. Did you have any interaction with President Barack Obama when he was president? No, I did not. I was not a fan of Obama's Middle East. Um, policies or his American policies. I was not a fan of Obama. I ran against him. Oh, when you ran for president, you ran ag against him. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. And you had to self-fund that race, I assume. Yeah. But but you said never again. So you're not running for president again. You had it once, once it was experienced, and that was it. What would you say was your? Yeah, I declared yeah. I declared myself president for life, though. Okay. <laughs> and where was your capital? Uh, just uh, Main Street, USA. I I said that I would always speak on behalf of the American taxpayer. Because after all, it's our money that funds everything, and uh, I think that that the uh, political machine in Washington has done a great job of um, marginalizing the vast middle. Which, I mean, that's like the most self-destructive thing that I've ever heard of to marginalize the middle and the taxpayer. It's just a self-destructive thing. That's why I like Trump because. He really isn't a Republican, and uh, he's something completely different. He's a real revolutionary president, and uh, if you look at the things he's done, he absolutely is not 
a Republican nor a Democrat. He's something very, very different and something that I think something that we needed in this country, some, some new way of accomplishing something that brings solutions for regular people. We have a treat. Uh, Rabbi Avi Schwartz had introduced us, Roseanne, and I wanted to thank him for helping us coordinate our interview with Shana Rifka, I should say. So Rabbi Avi Schwartz joins us. So Rabbi Schwartz, thank you oh. for thank you for calling in tonight. Hi, welcome, Hi. welcome. Shalom Aleichem, how are you? Hi. Ah, so I'm so so happy that you're able to make this. Thank you for being. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, so you're facilitating and being on this. Yes, Roseanne. Can you hear me? I'm so so happy you able to make this interview. The interview is amazing. It's an eye opener, and um, unfortunately, no one really knew the story until tonight. Oh, the, what you went through in Hollywood, and I want to commend you, and I want to thank you for this wonderful thing you're doing, and you're showing, and you're giving great pride to the to our Jewish people to stand up for what is right and what is good in the last few years. And just one question to ask you. You're welcome. You're, you're, you've been a hero to everybody in many, many, many ways. So what is your question um, for Shana Rifka? Yeah, my, yeah, my, here's my question. My question was, as you mentioned before about your, the Torah that you learned and how it affected you, how do you think that we, the Jewish people living outside of Israel, can develop that sense of confidence that you have developed to stand up for ourselves, for our individuality, and for our identity? How can we? How can we do what? Develop our self-confidence as Jewish people, and get rid of this inferiority complex that we have, of always trying to be quiet and not rocking the boat and not bringing our identity and saying, "Yes, we are proud Jews. We have a great culture, and we should really be showing the world that we are the light unto the nations." Well, I think that you know, we have to be who we say we are. And that's very difficult. And uh, um, but if we don't do that, and uh, you know, then we're just lost. So uh, I think that we have to be who we say we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, when, and when we and when we do, that's what gives us self confidence. You know. Mm-hmm. And we also have to be very brave in calling out <clears throat> the ones amongst, amongst us who um, are polluters with our enemies. Correct. Rabbi Avi Schwartz, thank you again, and thanks for calling in. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, I want to try to squeeze in one more email question for you, Shana Rivka. It's a power from Queens writes, I always wanted to be an actress, whether on stage or in the movies. What advice would you give to somebody who is orthodox, who wants to keep kosher, wants to keep shop, but also wants to be in Hollywood? Don't do it. Instead, <laughs> 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 here's here's a good here's some good advice. Act nice every day. That that's a good that's a good thing to do. If you want to be an actor, act nice. But you say she should not go into into showbiz. It's not a profession for a young Jewish no, girl. You should, you should not. It's not a good place for Jews or children or anybody who uh, who values um, their soul or their integrity. 
But you know what? Acting nice when you're <clears throat> amongst people you really don't like is really a challenge. Well, I guess uh, we remember we had Stephen Hill on the program. I think he gave a similar advice to somebody who wanted to go into showbiz. It's very tough to be observant in Hollywood then, and I don't think it's gotten any better today, even though theoretically it should be. But from what you're saying, it's they don't respect the religion, don't respect the observance of the Shabbos, and so therefore it makes it tougher to be there. Is there any moment when you were in showbiz in Hollywood that stands out where you had a positive experience being Jewish, interacting with your fellow producers or actors, anything that comes to mind? Well, there were very many positive things. Uh, it, it, when I could get a positive message of of uh, uh, peace, love, and and you know, uh, uh, brotherhood and and sisterhood and love and community through the um, all the centers and all the lawyers to reach people's hearts um, and touch their lives. That was what gave me strength and made me feel so happy. And I did that every single week. I was always able to do that and uh, felt so happy to do that, to touch people and lift them and uh, felt that God empowered me to do that work and always felt happy to do it. Shane Rifka, Roseanne Barr, I want to thank you for being part of our special broadcast tonight. We hope you'll join us again and continue success. I know you're doing farming now, and uh, we look forward to hearing what you have to I'm say. I'm building a rock wall with my own hands, which is very fun uh, to learn to balance all these rocks I find and, and, uh, and build this wall just so it's it's quite a challenge. It's very mathematical, and I'm enjoying that. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. I appreciate fun. it. And thank you, and we'll have to have you back again soon, and we enjoyed it. And I think it's important that you had some important things to say about what it's like being a Jew in Hollywood today. And I think people don't discuss it, and I'm glad that you are able to share that with our audience. So thank you. Thank you. Well, you speak, Shana Riffer, you speak Yiddish at all or any, or just some Hebrew or? A little bit. Abyssal? Uh, Yiddish was, uh, yes, Yiddish was spoken. Both my parents spoke Yiddish and it was spoken in my house. I only know the dirty words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought they didn't, I thought they spoke in Yiddish, but they didn't want you to hear. You would absorb some of that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shana Riffer, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a fan of Talk Line with Zeb Brenner on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and YouTube. On Twitter at TalkLine Network, if you have an Android phone, please download our free app in the Google Store. For iPhones, download the Jewish Radio app. Of course, tune in 24 hours a day at TalkLineCommunications.com for nonstop Jewish broadcasting. Click, listen, enjoy. Thank you for tuning in to TCN, Talkline Communications Network Radio, America's number one Jewish program.